Okay, how do you know if you're super organized? Is it by having a perfect classroom, a pretty planner, so many to-do lists, or is it a fancy digital system that syncs with your phone and your laptop and Google Classroom? They might be systems for organization, but they're not signs of being organized. And if you've ever struggled with being organized and you've wondered how all these other people seem to do it, I'll give you a hint. It's nothing to do with being naturally born with the organization gene. Keep listening as you are going to get so much value from this episode. Before we get into it, welcome to Teach on Teach Strong podcast. I'm Katie, teacher from London, and I've got a real passion for helping you with things like mindset, attitude, mental toughness, resilience, and well-being to ensure that you can be the best teacher you can be through personal development, because we don't get enough support with that. So much professional development out there for us, but no one helps us with the actual soft skills that we need to be successful. So I put out episodes twice a week for you, every Wednesday and Sunday. And if you do find this podcast valuable, make sure you subscribe to be notified of future episodes. All right, let's get right into today's episode, because we are going to be talking about how to start the new year super organized. Okay, so let's talk about organization then for a second. How important is it really? In my view, organization isn't about perfection, which is what it can come across like, especially if we associate it with pristine classrooms, gorgeous lettering and perfect planners. But that's not what organization actually is. And it's hard to pinpoint what it looks like because it looks different for each person. Ultimately, what it's about really is reducing stress, saving time and or money, increasing productivity and improving the quality of your life. That means something different for each of us. So that should immediately take a lot of pressure off your shoulders right off the bat. But organization and reducing overall stress is so important because as you know, being disorganized can negatively affect our jobs by making us late, forgetting important things, losing stuff, missing events or missing opportunities. If you want to be more organized and feel on top of teaching as best you can, which let's be real, yo, even the most organized person in the world is going to struggle being on top of things every day as a teacher, but we can at least give ourselves the best advantage we can, right? Uh, so if you're looking to be more organized and feel on top of teaching, keep listening to learn some super tips. So I was inspired by this topic today after receiving an email from a listener who asked if I could share my daily schedule and how I spend my time, as I have spoken in the past about being careful not to misuse or waste precious time. She also added that she feels organised in her head, but organising and beautifying her surroundings is a different story, although she said she feels she's improving, which I'm sure you might also be able to relate to. And this is a great point to make. And I love that she says she feels like she's improving as that's the key thing to note and focus on. The road to organization is a process. It's a journey. There is no real end point. We are constantly evolving. And it's not just a switch that you can flick. We can't just turn on organized and turn it off again. It's a whole new way of living and working that you will adapt to over time. So be patient with yourself first and foremost. I created an episode recently on how to keep your space organized all year long, actually. So I recommend go back and listening to episode 71 if you want more specific tips in that area. 
But one of my main tips for keeping a space organized, which I want to share with you today, is to have a place for everything and keep everything in its place. Generally, this means try and give everything that's important to you a home because that not only makes it easier to keep your room tidy, it will reduce the amount of time you waste as you won't be faffing about looking for things because you'll know exactly where the stapler is kept. <laughs> you won't need to run around and where is it? Where have I put it? It's not about being anal and being a neat freak. It's about being organized in order to reduce stress and increase productivity and save time. That's it. It's not about perfection. It's not this stapler must be in this exact spot. Otherwise, I'm going to go nuts. You know, we're not going Monica on the situation here. It's just I need to have a stapler right there so I know exactly where it is and I'm not wasting time running around looking for it. Okay, remember reducing stress, saving time and improving the quality of your life. So that being said, I also want to add that not all neat freaks are born that way. Some of us developed into them. <laughs> so if you're someone who believes that people are born naturally organized and tidy, therefore, you know, that's not just you and you'll never be that way. I want to challenge you on that because I only developed my insane tidiness obsession over a period of time. I think I just became addicted to the positive feeling I would get from seeing my classroom tidy. And of course, the decrease in stress I would feel when students just knew everything was and didn't have to ask me 27 times a minute because everything was clearly labelled and maintained. <laughs> you know, it improved the quality of my life and I think that's what I got addicted to. But it also did take me time to develop a method that worked for me and that I could actually stay on top of. So my advice really when it comes to organizing your space is experiment with different techniques just to see what works for you. For example, I make a habit of tidying things as I go when I'm doing anything that involves mess, be that crafts in the classroom or even cooking at home. But that's only after experimenting with waiting and just doing a mass clean at the end. I personally found I prefer to tidy as I go so I'm not overwhelmed at once. I found that increased my stress when I had to spend hours tidying one big mass cleanup. I preferred to do little bits as I went along and it just reduced my stress. So that was the whole point of that for me. So try things out and see what works best for you. But remember, organization looks different for each of us and you're not wrong in whatever system you choose, providing that it works for you. Unfortunately now, while the world of social media gives us such a special privilege into seeing and admiring others as classrooms, it can be damaging to our self-esteem as it's very easy to get the impression that everyone else is able to maintain a perfect classroom, therefore there must be something wrong with us or we therefore are not organised because our classroom doesn't look like that. Let me stop you right there. I can assure you of one thing, those Insta classrooms are not the norm nor do they have to be, nor are they the epitome of what organisation is. Although my classroom looks neat and tidy, and um, when kids are not working in there, <laughs> I realise that I have to be flexible because there is not enough time in the day to do it all. Look, it's tidy and I love it, but let's be real. I still have all displays that I started a year ago and never got round to finishing, as well as so many other things that I wish I could do to beautify my room. Okay, I am by no means perfect. My room does not look perfect, but it's organized. I know where everything is and it looks cozy. And the bottom line is, as long as you're happy with your space and it works for you in your class, then you're golden. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing or what other people say organized should look like. 
or even what you think organized should look like. It's not about being perfect. Okay, we're looking at improving the quality of your life. Okay, so the other part of her question was to share my daily schedule and how I avoid misusing my time as best I can. So I'll preface this by saying, okay, I'm not a machine (laughs) and not every second of my day is productive. I'll put that out there first. But my goal, as I keep saying, is to improve the quality of my life. So in order to make sure that I don't take schoolwork home with me, which is what my idea of improving the quality of my life is, I do my best to maximise my time when I'm at school. So a typical day kind of looks like this for me. During the working week, I wake up about 5am. Yes, 5am. And this was a recent thing that I started because I read a book called The Miracle Morning. And oh my goodness, if you have not read that, I suggest you do it. It will change everything. The way you look at your mornings, the way you look at productivity. The Miracle Morning, check it out. It's a really good book. So he doesn't recommend getting up at 5am. The time that you wake up is irrelevant, really. It's what you do in your morning. So because I have to leave so early, I choose to get up at 5am because I like to have a quick workout. I like to do some reading, have a good breakfast and just take my time getting ready. So I leave for school at 7am. So I have two hours in the morning that are just for me to do what I need to do. When I get to school, I end up with about half an hour to 45 minutes to myself to get ready for the day. During this time, I put the kettle on, make myself a green tea, (laughs) turn my computer on, check my timetable for the day, my to-do lists, my Google calendar, look for any deadlines coming up, and I do a quick whiz on my emails just to make sure that I'm caught up on what I need to do for the day. Then I take a little stroll to my staff room, check my pigeonhole, and then the day begins. If I have any prep periods or non-contact time, is what we call it over here in the UK, non-contact time is time when you are not scheduled to be teaching, I will use that time to work through my quadrant to-do list. Um, If you've never heard me talk about this quadrant to-do list before, go back and listen to episode 45. This method has changed my whole approach to list making and productivity. It is incredibly valuable and it's all about prioritizing tasks so you can actually get things done and not miss deadlines it's really good so during my non-contact time i do my best to avoid getting caught up in general chit chat as much as i can because it is so easy and so much fun to do i love talking with my colleagues but it can be a bit of a time suck i also choose to work through my lunch break to maximize time in my day so i don't have to take any work home now I know this is not a popular choice by many, and I'm not saying you have to do this. Remember, organisation doesn't look like a certain thing. You don't have to work through your lunch to be organised, but I choose to. And I know it's unpopular because I'm always being tempted away from my desk at lunch. Everyone keeps walking past me at my room telling me to stop working, take a break, have some lunch. (laughs) But I have tried both methods. I've tried stopping for lunch and I've tried working through and I've just found this works for me. And this really does help me not have to take work home. Plus, if I start to slow down at lunch and relax and unwind, it's incredibly difficult for me to motivate myself to keep going for another couple of hours. I get very tired at lunchtime after I've eaten. So I have found it's better just to keep powering through and keep the momentum going. So I just tend to, something light, I just sort of sit on my computer. So my body is relaxing at least. And I'm just going through some emails, nothing too strenuous, but I do keep the momentum going. Then after school, I might have some meetings for an hour or so, 
or if not, I will stay anyway for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours working on my to-do list or preparing resources for the next day. I tend to try and keep that as light as I can, nothing involves too much brain power because I'm usually spent by that point. So come half four, five o'clock, I have a long drive home, which is often longer after school because I live in London and traffic is cray cray at that time of the evening. So by the time I get home after a long drive as well, I am exhausted. So I usually have something to eat, hop on the computer. I might do some things for teachers resource force, just something like check my emails and things. Sometimes if I'm exceptionally tired, I do let myself take a nap. Although that has frustrated me in the past because I do think it's a waste of time. But then I just try and see it as my reward for working hard in the day so that I can relax when I get home and have a little nap if that's what I want to do. And then my evenings are very much just what I want them to be. I can work, I can watch TV, whatever I want. And that's just what works for me. But I realise everyone has different responsibilities. So try some different routines and see what works for you. This kind of routine could work if you have children, perhaps minus the nap, <laughs> but the whole point is maximising your time during the school day so you don't have to do as much schoolwork when you get home. As for my weekends, because you did ask about how my weekend differs as well, it does vary depending on the time of year it is and how much pressure I'm under. Sometimes I do stick to my 5am wake up to get more out of my day. And other times I just like to have a lion. Either way, Saturday generally I spend out, I get out and I see my friends and I go do some things. And then Sunday is pretty much dedicated to you. I do spend most of my Sunday working on this podcast. So that's writing, producing, recording, editing, uploading, creating the graphics. It is quite the commitment because I do everything myself right now. But, but I believe in this movement we're creating so strongly that it is worth the investment to me. So that's most of Sunday. And then in the afternoon, in the evening, I just have that time to myself seeing friends, family as well. Weekends are generally much less intense than school week. And if I am working, it is by choice, not by necessity. Put it that way. I do enjoy working. So... If I'm doing it, it is because I choose to, not because I have to, because I do make the most of the school day to get my job done. So as I keep saying, there is no right or wrong way to organize your day and your time. You might try my routine and decide that does not work for you and it's not good for your own quality of life <laughs> and that's fine. But you might try something that I do and get up super early in the morning and you might love it and find, wow, by the time everyone's woken up, I've already done all these things and I feel great. You know, ultimately it comes down to what I've been saying throughout this whole episode. Organisation is not about perfection. There is no one perfect method or right way to be. It's purely about finding a system that helps reduce your stress, save time or money, increase productivity, improve the quality of your life. So don't do something for the sake of it if it's going to violate those points for you. Because then even if I'm doing it, if it's not helping you in the same way that it helps me, then it's no good for you. Okay, we're not done yet. Oh no, I'm going to give you some more tips. It's going to be a jam-packed episode today. So, okay, in our new Teach On, Teach Strong Facebook group, more about that at the end, so excited by the way, but I'll come back to that one. I asked whether anyone had any back-to-school organisation tips that they wanted to share on the podcast. And Debbie offered this sound advice. And she said, Sometimes as I'm getting ready for the school year, I get overwhelmed with all the things I still need to get done. It can keep me from moving forward with indecision and fear. 
positive self-talk, working on prioritizing tasks, and then focusing on just the top priority item helps. I tell myself I need to be like a horse with the blinders at the side of its eyes to keep it focused on only what is directly in front of it. And I completely agree with this, and I think that's such an important point. A lot of organization comes down to mindset, especially if you're not naturally organized or you're at the beginning of your organization journey. You will have to kind of force yourself, and, and I like Debbie's analogy of being like a horse with blinders. You have to block out everything and just get the most important things done. She also mentioned prioritizing as being a key part because as teachers, we know our daily to-do lists are insane and they're dynamic. They are always changing and growing every day. So we are rarely able to get through our list every day. We just can't. So we need to break it down and the best way to do that is by prioritizing. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you go back and listen to episode 45, I share with you my favorite technique for this using the quadrant method. So go and listen to that if you want more support in getting on top of your to-do lists. Right, another tip I have for you to get more organized is to get a planner. Digital, paper, it doesn't really matter as long as you actually use it. Now, I'm a funny one. As most of the work I do, I prefer to be digital because I hate loose paper floating about and I hate filing even more. (laughs) So I'll come back and share a bonus ninja tip for you if you also struggle with piles of paper like I do in a second. But I just want to go back to the diary planner system first. Now, as I said, although most of my world is digital, I actually prefer to plan on paper. I'm a big notebook geek and I really got into bullet journaling as well this year. Oh, I have so much love for the system. It's so fun being creative. And I cannot tell you how much joy it brings me holding my stationary items, writing my lesson plans and deadlines in cute ways. (laughs) My stationary lovers know what I'm talking about. But the fact is, it is fun for me and that makes it easy to be organized because it's improving the quality of my life. It makes me happy. So identify your preference and determine what is fun for you or what works best for you and just go with that. There's no right or wrong. You're looking for what will actually make you more organized, not what will make you look more organized. It's a really important point. And more proof that I'm weird. Although I plan my lessons in a paper planner, I actually have my calendar and deadlines on my Google calendar as I prefer that to be digital. And to be even weirder, my to-do list is on a mini whiteboard. (laughs) So there you go. Proof that it's not just one system that works for all. I like to use a huge range of systems. But my point is, there is no one way. You can mix and match to suit your personality. Have fun with it. And if you're not sure what your preference is yet, enjoy experimenting and look at what system is going to reduce stress, increase productivity and improve the quality of your life. All right. Before we finish up this episode, I did promise you one more ninja tip that I wanted to share with you if you also find keeping on top of all the paper too stressful. So, you know when you're in meetings, right, and they just keep throwing paper at you and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And it's things that, you know, might have useful information, but it's not something you're likely going to look at often. You know, that kind of annoying paper that you're like, oh, I need to keep this, but I don't know where to put it. And I don't know when I'm ever going to look at it again. Right. Well, what I do to combat this annoying problem is I digitize them. And it's much easier than it sounds, I promise. (laughs) All you need to do, get out your phone, pull out an app to scan the sheets 
and either save those to your phone or email it to yourself or you can even share it directly to your Google Drive. Then recycle the paper boom, 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 because I literally can't deal with giant confetti in my room any longer. Like It's just, I don't want it. And there are loads of free apps you can use to scan pages. I recommend Cam Scanner, C-A-M Scanner. Um, that's free because it scans nicely and it can be saved as a picture or a PDF file. But if that's too complicated, just take a photo and keep it simple. It's the same thing really, but it does help you keep so much more organized if you find all the paper we have to deal with a fast like I do. All right, wowzers. I think that's everything. That was a jam-packed episode for you today. Probably one of the longest ones so far, actually. Before I do a quick summary for you, because we did cover a lot today, if you found value in this podcast, please make sure you subscribe to show your support and be notified of upcoming episodes. I'd also really appreciate you writing a review and sharing this podcast with a teacher friend. You can also send me a private message by emailing me at katieteachersresourceforce.com and... You can also join our Facebook group and get to know each other. So I mentioned this earlier. So basically I've created a special Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast. And it's been open for a few days so far and people are joining in and getting to know each other already. It is so nice communicating with people who listen to this podcast and I'm looking forward to you all getting to know each other and getting to know and support one another in your teaching journeys. So you can find the group by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teach on teach strong and then click on the little join the little blue join button and there are three simple questions you'll be asked and you must answer all of them to be granted entry in the group i'm a strict teacher i will not accept unless you've answered all three very important also if you want to receive my weekly email newsletter with updates teaching resources freebies and the latest podcast episodes you can sign up for free by going to teachersresourceforce.com forward slash freebies Alrighty, let's sum up today's episode because I gave you a lot of value today. Um, Here are some of the highlights. Okay, number one. Remember the general rule of thumb when it comes to organization. It's not so much about the system you use, the schedule you have, the routines, the labels, the lists, the planners. What it comes down to is the outcome you're getting. So ask yourself, does your system of organization do the following? Does it reduce stress, save you time or money, increase productivity, and improve the overall quality of your life? Okay, number two, the road to organization is a journey. We can't expect to just flick a switch and suddenly be organized. We need to try different systems and different methods out to see what has the desired effect for us as individuals. So be gentle with yourself as you are going through this process. Number three, Have a place for everything and keep everything in its place. This is one of the most effective ways to keep your space organized. Um, And you can check out episode 71 for more in-depth tips on this topic. Number four, beware of the comparison curse. Your classroom does not have to look perfect for it to be organized. Okay, so don't get caught up in comparing yourself or deciding what organized has to look like. As I've said many times today, it's going to look different for all of us. Number five, be flexible. You can't truly be organized and have a better quality of life if you're being too rigid. You have to accept that sometimes it's not all going to be exactly as you want it to be and it's not going to go exactly to plan and that's okay too. 
Number six, I also shared my schedule and one of my top tips for making the most of your day is spending your time wisely. For me, that means getting up early and using my non-contact time, including preps and breaks productively so that I can have more time to myself when I get home. Number seven, Debbie shared a tip with us of prioritizing and putting the blinders on to keep focused. Our to-do lists are far too long and dynamic to be able to complete them every day, which is why prioritizing is an absolute key for you. You can also go back and listen to episode 45 to learn more about the quadrant method to help you with this system. Number eight, get a planner system that actually works for you. Digital, paper, combination of both, whatever. Experiment, choose something that makes you happy or makes life easier for you. And number nine, get rid of the paper mountain by digitizing your paper. So use an app like CamScanner, digitize your handouts and help you organize all that paper. It also makes them much easier to find if you've got them in folders on your computer. Oh, there you go. I think that's everything. I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode and that you take some of these tips and act on them to help you become more organized this school year. Remember what organized means. It is not about being or looking perfect. It's about improving the quality of your life. So experiment with different systems until you find one that helps you be the best that you can be. As always, teach on, teach strong, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.